All right, thanks everybody for checking us out here on the Shore Thing as we come back to you. Still not on the air on Talk Radio 1190. Don't know when that's going to be, but we'll let you know when it is. Warren Shore here with Ryan Silva, and we're going to talk about the Cowboys, the couple of moves they made over the past week. We will also get into, as we're watching old games, we'll watch the Cowboys-Redskins game from 2012. That was the final regular season game of win. And you're in maybe what sports are going to come back or what's going to be the first sport uh, to come back because right now it's pretty grim uh, out there. So, uh, yeah, we'll t- check that out. Also, remember, check us out on Spotify at The Sure Thing app, the podcast, and the iHeartRadio podcast app, S-C-H-O-R-R. Uh, Ryan, so how's it going? It's going about as good as it can right now. Uh, you know, not much has changed since we last spoke. Um uh, you know, just kind of going through the daily grind as everyone else is of not really being able to leave the house. But, you know, can't complain. I think I'm finally starting to get that itch of, <clears throat> you know, when's this going to be over? Um, obviously, you know, the word might be – word is it might not be till the end of April. But, uh, you know, just trying to make the best of it right now. How about you? Uh, I'm doing fine, I guess. Um, I, the days are now I consider the days that I can sleep in and then the days that are that I don't get to sleep in. Yeah. So that's how I uh, consider that. Um, yeah, I mean things are fine. It's 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 pretty boring. Pretty pretty bored. I'll say that. Um, I don't know. Look, I think everybody's in the same thing. And if I, there's still a lot of people, I think that are like, ah, oh, not taking it seriously. This and that. Which You're is not wild. taking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the death rate went up by like 400 people in two days. And I know a lot of that's in New York, but still. Um, like if you're complaining about not having sports, like if you do these things, then we will get back sports faster. Right. And even, and even we'll talk about it later. What sports coming back? It's like, I'm resigned to the fact we're probably not going to get these things back till June or July. Uh, at the earliest. Yeah. I would say, I would say probably mid May at the earliest. If, you know, if, uh, old Donnie boy saying not till April 30th, that we're going to be able to come out. I'm sure it's going to take a few weeks. So I, yeah, you know, middle of May, maybe beginning of June. Might be the uh, the earliest we see you know things start getting back to what uh, what was normal before all this. I mean, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later on uh, in the show though. But uh, so last week we were talking about TikTok. Uh, I've slowed down on the TikTok game. I didn't really make any any TikToks this week. Wasn't I have a couple good ideas that I'm ready that that I'm working on. Um, but you said Jamie was going to get she was close to tiktok did she did she pull the trigger so she actually did in fact download the app uh (laughs) so that's step one and she made the joke i'll say of hey are we gonna do you want to make a tiktok dance or something like that and i was like oh god this is where it begins because we we actually (laughs) we went to our neighbor's house um on friday night and they it's just the four of us just four of us still social distancing keeping it within 10 um we uh and my buddy's wife she was talking about how she spends hours and hours on tiktok watching videos things like that and then lo and behold saturday evening we're sitting here on the couch and i just hear all these songs playing over and over and over again i look over i said you download the app and she just kind of smiled and shook her head so i think it's the beginning before uh you know we make the inevitable plunge and, and post a tiktok here soon See, that's the thing. I have no desire to do any of the TikTok dances. So that's why I really haven't made any more. You know, you might. You know, you might. You might. That's how you might get some clout there. Maybe. A little renegade. 
I mean, I'm not going to learn any of those. I'm just going to take <laughs> hours. I don't have the time. You're yeah. going to have middle school and high schools just going crazy across the nation if you, uh, you know, yeah, well, do a little, little think, TikTok I, dance. I think the niches get the trick shots that are going on out there. Okay. You do that. That that was the step yesterday. We bought ping pong balls, uh, trying to, I don't know, throw it over this little arch thing we got. And the, I mean, it's stupid. It's about to throw my arm out throwing them off the off the wall because you got to throw it hard enough to get the angle and everything so stupid um but uh i will say so you play golf on saturday the golf course at prestonwood where i, I live right off of see the 60 box was packed all weekend long i have never seen that many people out on the golf course before and they joke i don't joke this but other people joke that golf is five hours away from the wife and kids not at prestonwood because the kids, or the, the wives were out stride for stride following the husband or boyfriend, if it's a girlfriend, this week at the golf course, this weekend at the golf course. Yeah, and I actually, funny you say that, I experienced that firsthand uh, this weekend when I went. So I went with one of the other coaches uh, that I coach with, um, and uh, we got out there. We went to Oak Hollow and McKinney, and there's only two golf courses open in McKinney. This is one of them. I can't remember the other one. Uh, Westridge, the other one? No, it wasn't Westridge because we looked there to maybe play there. I can't remember which one it was, but the the guys at the pro shop told us that there was only two open. So, yeah, it was packed uh, to the point where we went to the starter to get our, our cart maybe about 20 minutes before our tea time. And he's like, hey, look, I might have to ask you to give it up and then get you on one once somebody else comes in. So, anyway, uh, long story short, like I said, it's just us two or twosome. And the starter pushes it together with this threesome. And it's two dudes and a chick. And... We were like, okay, you know, it's fine, whatever. Well, after the whole one, after the first tee, we're already like, okay, we got to see if we can speed ahead of these guys. Because not only was homegirl playing, but they were given like full-on lessons, like four or five swings per shot for her. Yeah. And so after after hole three, my buddy John and I, we finish up, and they're still in the middle of the fairway. And he just goes, hey, you guys cool if we pull on up and they're like no no go ahead and he's like oh thank god and so because i think they could kind of tell what the situation was and we were joking i made the joke i was like this was a hundred percent the guy was like hey i'm gonna go play golf with my buddy blah 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 and girlfriend was like well i want to come i don't want you to be sitting at home and that's i think that's exactly what it was but uh yeah and then after about hole 14 we see them driving off they're like hey we're taking off i was like all right you know y'all have a good one i'm glad we uh you know kind of made that decision to pull off but yeah it was it was packed, like I said, packed. We actually got uh, through the round in about four hours, so that wasn't too bad. But uh, like I said, I experienced the uh, the wife or girlfriend or whatever it may be firsthand in our round. Yeah, but here they're not even playing; they're just walking along. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she. You know, this the homegirl was playing, and like I said, she was getting on a full-on lesson. She figured, what what better day than a Saturday afternoon on a golf course? It's never busy then, huh? To get a good lesson. I mean, I think they're probably thinking. <laughs> Who's going to play, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm surprised there was carts out there because I know a lot of places, no carts, you got to walk um, just because it's easier. Mm-hmm. They don't have to clean the carts, and they don't have to do all that other stuff to maintain them. So it's just uh, walking out there. Right now I'm actually watching The Big Break. You remember? Did you ever watch that? Yeah. They're mm-hmm. replaying, which I think is the greatest season of all time, season two, Big Break 2, Las Vegas, 2004, Don Donatello, Kip Henley, dueling it out. It is. I'm all in. It's hilarious. 2004 TV is laugh out loud funny, first of all, and the outfits and everything. It's so, so funny. So 
I think they're replaying big breaks all on Mondays. But uh, all right, let's get into it. Um, oh, you want to get tell us about your Madden franchise? Oh man, it's it's been a hell of a ride. So undefeated back to back years win the Super Bowl. Uh, little controversy. Oh, actually, had to had to fire Jay Gruden after his uh, second back to back undefeated season and Super Bowl win. Just had to move on. Had to get somebody new in there. So you know, it's kind of a big to do. Guy goes 38-0 or whatever, can't keep his job, tough in the streets. Uh, traded Deshaun Jackson for a seventh-round pick. He was upset, thought he was going to retire Redskin. You know, morale was down across the team. But lo and behold, Nikhil Harry drafted him back when we started this. He's like a 92 overall right now, just absolutely tearing up the league. Had a game of like 432 receiving yards one game. Uh, set the record with nine touchdowns in game. So things are rolling. We have a new coach. I can't remember his name right now. It's... Uh, a little uh, one of the the customized coaches, but you know it was tough. Got a lot of backlash from the media for firing Jay Gruden after going back to back undefeated seasons. But the controversy went to uh, you know I'm like nine and zero season three. Go to play my next game, accidentally hit skip ahead the next week, lose the game. So end of the streak is gone, all because one little slip of the thumb, and uh, you know the the undefeated streak is gone. Lose to the Bengals, who funny enough quarterbacking the Bengals. None other than your Ohio State Buckeye, Cardell. Dwayne, ha- Dwayne oh, Haskins. Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins. And uh, then, so I took out my frustration on the Browns. And I won 77 to 22 the next game with Saquon at the helm for uh, Saquon and uh, who else? They, they, they have Saquon, the Browns as a running back. I forget. They have somebody else. I want to say it was Odell. Oh, no. Odell and Baker on the 49ers together. So they got that little connection going. What level are you playing on? All Madden. Okay. Yeah. All right. What did you think I was All a right. pro guy? I don't know what you were doing. I even know. I was just I'm... curious. <laughs> Sounded like you thought I was a pro guy. No, I didn't know. I was just curious. What was going on? I thought all pro. I was thinking all pro. Okay. Um, all right. So getting the Cowboys here. Uh, some surprising news at first. when you. It's surprising when you first saw it, but afterwards when you think about it, it's really not surprising. But Travis Frederick, he retired last Monday uh, after he came back from missing a full season from Guillain-Barre syndrome. He just said he couldn't play at the level he was before that, and he's retiring at the age of 29. That's a hit to the uh, Cowboys offensive line. Looks like Joe Looney, who they signed to a three-year deal before that, um, a couple days before that, he's going to slide in and be the center. He was the center when Frederick missed the uh, 2018 season. So they got to do some reshuffling up there. Or they also said it's going to be uh, the guy they got from uh, Connor McGovern, the guy they got uh, in the draft last year from Penn State who didn't play because he was injured. So either of those guys, but probably Joe Looney. And uh, he saved like $6 million in cap space, which is fine. Uh, not that's not as much as you really think, but yeah, just a, a, another one of your all pro studs on the line. He's he, he he's gone, and you got to fill another hole. Yeah, like you said, it, unexpected. But once you kind of see, you know, he had to take the year off because of his uh, autoimmune disease. It's not really super surprising. Uh, you know, we've we're seeing more and more every year guys retiring around 30, 31, 32, real young. But uh, no, you said it exactly right. I mean, we were looking at we're, we're probably three or four years removed from the Cowboys just having like an absolutely unreal uh, offensive line where he just had pro bowler or all pro at every position. 
And now that you're looking at, uh, you know, having quite a few holes on that offensive line now, you know, so it's tough look for not tough look, but you know, it's just tough uh, that it comes at this time um, for the Cowboys when they're trying to just piecemeal everything back together the way they had it. But then, you know, it's, it's almost like a sinking ship. You feel like you finally stop up all the holes and then another, another leak springs. And now you got to fill up, fill, you know, fill in that hole to make sure that ship isn't sinking. But does the line really have that many holes or is it just not up to? Yeah. Like, they, I mean, they could have been that they just got spoiled. Like, yeah. I don't think it really has that many holes. Like Lyle Collins is solid at right guard. Left guard, Zach Martin, he's solid. You know you're getting out of Tyron Smith. Connor Williams, if he comes back, he was he was fine. I don't think it has a lot of, like, holes. It might not be as good as it was, like, three or, like you said, three or four years ago. But I don't think there's really, like, wow, like a glaring need on the offensive line. No, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think Cowboys fans and, uh, you know, people that cover the Cowboys – probably got spoiled with how great that is. So to, you know, not to say that it's a hole, meaning that it's, you know, something that you need to address immediately, but it is definitely going to be a downgrade. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you heard a, you lose an all pro. That's definitely. Yeah. Not and that, that's kind of, that's kind of more so what I meant, uh, meant by that is, you know, you're, you're downgrading yet again, you know, you down, you had to downgrade with, after you lose Byron Jones and there's, you know, a couple other spots across, uh, across the board that we've already seen where the Cowboys are having to downgrade or not be able to replace somebody with the talent that they had the previous year. And I feel like this is just another one uh, that, uh, you know, it was kind of a big shot for him. Yeah, so then they also signed Don Terry Poe from the Panthers. So they have the uh, Carolina Panthers interior defensive line. Yeah, I screwed last up last week and said Gerald McCoy came from the uh, Bucks. He played on the Bucks previously, but last year came from the Panthers. I want to clear yes. that up. So they have the interior offensive line. Or defensive line, excuse me, from the Panthers down Terry Poe. Look, he's fine, I guess. Another run stuffer. Don't think he's really going to do much. They're just trying to get some depth right now at the position. So that's what they have. They still need an edge guy. You know, they're in talks with Everson Griffin, which I don't think would be a terrible. That would be a solid signing. Even though he's 32, he could still uh, come off the edge and play. But they, they're going to have to look in the draft. The draft is going to be key, especially what they do in the first round if they look at safety corner or they're going to look for like an edge guy it's going to be really interesting what they do with the first round pick they're sitting at uh what 17 um so it's going to be interesting to see what they do uh in the draft they got a lot of options on the defensive side that they could go yeah i think they still got to address safety uh you know i feel like since we've been doing this show together we always have to mention in the draft that the cowboys should um address that secondary with one of their top picks in the draft and they just either – I don't think they have really, you know, gone to get that big-name guy or, or make a move to, you know, really make it – get an impact rookie in that secondary. <clears throat> so here we are again. Uh, you know, you look at the the big board. I guess Xavier McKinney's probably the first safety that jumps out at you from Alabama that they could go get right around that uh, 17 spot. So, you know, you wonder, are they, they going to do that or are they going to go the route that you said, maybe address the edge? But I think – First and foremost, whatever this draft pick is in the first round, it's got to be on the defensive side of the ball. Or Grant Delpit, he's there. They could take him. Yeah, um, that's another safety uh, there. There's been a lot of talk though about uh, drafting one of the receivers if they're there. Which, I mean, I guess you just want to score a ton, a ton of points. That's that's fine, but. That I really guess depending on who sense. it is, I, I don't know. I mean, all, all those wide receivers that are in the uh, first tier, I mean, those are, I think those guys step on the field and are game changers uh, day one. 
but then it's like who takes the back seat the rookie or uh uh gallup who's already proven to be a big weapon for the cowboys or you run a bunch of three wide receiver sets yeah i know yeah no 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 doubt but i mean there's still going to be times with zeke you know you want to feed him as much as possible you're going to be set up in in uh you know two wide receiver or or uh you know maybe one wide receiver two tight end type splits obviously mari's going to get the preferential treatment or he is the number one guy but then, you know, do you risk stunting the growth of a Henry Ruggs or or upsetting Michael Gallup after he's put in a couple of years? I think that's a that's a slippery slope they could fall into. But if you're just trying to get the most talent on the field as possible, which a lot of teams are just doing, I don't think going wide receiver would be terrible. I don't think you could really worry about like upsetting player. Like I know we, like upsetting Michael Gallup. Like he's been a fine a fine player, but like, oh I'm worried about him. He's just a second receiver. Like what is it? Yeah. Like why am I worried about his feelings? Maybe this will make him even get even better. But there's a ton of receivers in the third or fourth round that you could get that that could fill that third wide receiver role because they really they really do need that without Cobb. They don't really have. Yeah. I don't think you don't really you're going to need another receiver. So they'll still follow uh, in free agency what um, what is uh, going on there as we. Look, the draft is still going on. That's going to be in about four weeks. They, I'm seeing there's a lot of people they're talking about they're going to do Skype interviews for the draft or for pre-draft uh, workouts or like interviews. So they're going to do Skype workouts. I saw a guy from, I think it was a running back from App State, Daniel Jeremiah, tweeted he's had a ton of Skype stuff. So that's how they're going to have to do it. And uh, it is going to be interesting. I think the Cowboys always use their full, so you're allowed three, uh, you're, you're allowed 30 pre-draft visits from the guys entering the draft. They always, every team always says 30, but the Cowboys really draft from that list a lot. So it's going to be interesting what they do without having that list uh, with them this year. And McCarthy said he wanted to bring in in his press conference like 11 to 12 people on the analytics staff. I don't, I haven't seen really anything about like who they brought in analytically, but. I would think the draft has to favor people that use the numbers rather than interpersonal skills because there's yeah. just not that. That's just not happening in this draft process. Is you're not, you can't check out the medicals as much as you want and all that stuff. Like you could still talk to college coaches, like, hey, is this guy a hard worker? All that type of stuff. But like face to face, you're not really getting a lot of. You're not getting any time pretty much with the guy. With the, with the yeah, coach. no, it's 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 absolutely going to change. Uh, the way coaches are coaches and front office are going to have to work if they're not big analytic guys. Uh, you know, you always hear um, coaches or front office guys, they like to get in and they like to look in the eyes of the guys they're interviewing and, you know, all this, all this old school kind of coach talk. And now it's like, you're, they're really going to have their backs against the wall, hoping that all this old school way of thinking, you know, actually is, is serviceable or, or can help them out. Otherwise, these teams that have been doing analytic stuff for you know five or seven years. They're going to have the upper hand, and I think we could see a huge jump in analytics because of this going forward. Because teams are realizing, you know, we're going to have to see actual physical evidence and not this. Uh, you know, I just like the way the guy's presence in the room, things like that. Obviously, those are kind of small intangible things, but you can't base your your draft strategy off of the way a guy answers a certain question or or you know the uh, the way he's sitting in his chair. That you know things we've seen like that before. Yeah, but the analytics in the draft process is a new. I don't want to. It's probably the teams don't use it as much as they should. But like analytics on a for like game plans and stuff that's been going on forever. Like 
when you look at tendencies, that is analytics. That's using numbers. That's the thing I think people still are like, they just think analytics are some like just a bunch of numbers. But like, what do you think in the 80s? Well, when tendencies, they were, tendencies are numbers. Well, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Tendencies are analytics. Yeah. So, but I'm saying is like, people are like, oh, analytics, they don't just think of like, I think they already think like tendencies, oh, that's already happened. That's not really analytics. People out there are like, oh, it's the other stuff. It's the, like how fast the guy's running. This and like that, all, all the that. Stuff, like, yeah. Yeah. Just like, um, get off the line, all the other, all the other, like maybe, uh, um, like quarterback rating with, with, uh, what's the, uh, two tight ends on the field and one receiver. I think that's when people think mainly that stuff when they look in the deeper analytics, but like tendencies and everything, what defenses, those have been, that's been going on forever in football. So I think it's just still like, I think a lot of teams when it comes to analytics, they need to like do the messaging better for fans that don't understand it. Like, Hey, this is what goes on. Can you explain to me what, like what your deeper analytics are from just the basics of like, I think football in general needs to explain that better to fans because baseball if you watch baseball you pretty much know what the advanced stats are war wins above replacement which is just an average player how many wins will you get to your team another one that's used a lot is like uh, wrc plus which is the average is 100 league average is 100 and it's based on hitting a bunch of stats put into that and you get a number if you're over 100, you're above league average. If you're below 100, you're below league average. So, like, baseball, I think, does the best job of explaining it. Like, football, if they were able to, like, teach the fans, I don't think there'd be such of, like, a disdain towards it. Yeah, well, and, too, baseball's always been considered, like, you know, the, the thinking man's sport where, you know, that's kind of the brains and then football is the brawn. Kind of that's how they, they – counteract each other so now when you start adding that extra stuff in there people don't you know like i said this is all i'm talking like the old school mentality of of you know line them up and and see what happens i you know i want to see what a guy does on the field not with the numbers tell me things like that well some of that stuff like you said is true uh i, I think it's still going to take another few years for people to kind of catch on and realize that this goes way deeper than than just the surface level thing uh, stuff that you were mentioning yeah and it's just you blend you blend you use the numbers to look and make an educate like right. one is yeah well they're not ex mutually exclusive you use them both yes. together yeah for sure and yes, i think yeah. like i said you're gonna you're gonna see the teams that d dive into that more frequently or or have been doing that longer you're gonna see them have more success i think in the draft this year because of all the uh all the kind of things they have to follow yeah and two of the teams that use it uh, the most are the um ravens and the eagles so you got to think those two are lined up to have a good uh, a good draft there. All right. So when are we going to get some sports back? Um, I think golf will be the first back. I think they probably have the best chance to be the first back because one, you can still do it with no fans. It is pretty much the social distancing that or tennis. I would say tennis, you're on opposite sides of the court. Um, there's not a lot of people around, so you could play that without any fans. Um, golf also, you don't need to play with any fans. You're, you can make sure people are social distancing on the tee boxes. Um, well, I was talking to one of the guys I know, Caddy's on the Corn Ferry Tour. He says they're thinking they're going to be starting, or they've heard potentially they'll start at the end of May. If that happens, if when the Corn Ferry starts, the PGA Tour is going to start, because they're not going to start the Corn Ferry Tour without the PGA Tour. So that would lead us to Colonial as potentially being the 
uh, first tournament back, and that would be the weekend of uh, Memorial Day, I'm pretty sure. It, it would be, uh, let me pull it up. Uh, it would be May, it would be May, uh, May 22nd, or it would be May 21st to the 24th would be the tournament. Uh, so maybe that's it. Baseball, I don't know when that's coming back. At first I heard they were trying to start around May 12th, May 11th, and just start the season there, but that's obviously going to be pushed back. Uh, I don't think they'll start till the middle, the earliest in the middle of June, probably sometime around July, I think, is when they'll get started. Basketball and hockey, it's tougher because people are still testing positive. Two people on the avalanche this weekend, two players just tested positive for corona. You have these handful of basketball players that have been have tested positive for coronavirus, uh, and even an announcer, Doris Burke, tested positive for coronavirus. So who knows when those two uh, sports come back? Yeah. Uh, speaking of of uh, players testing positive, something we forgot to mention last week: the sure thing bump. Our guy Marcus Smart tested positive. Uh, now he's oh, cleared yeah. it up. <laughs> now he's now he's all good to go. So we can. Uh, continue business as usual when it comes to Marcus Smart on this show. Uh, give me a couple weeks and then maybe pull up Marcus because you know I want to make sure you're full full clear of all that Rona. But uh, yeah, no, I agree. I think baseball, you know, they mentioned that when they do resume play, that the players are going to need like another additional spring training to get their bodies back in shape, get their arms back in shape, which I'm sure plenty of them are working you know, while they're uh, while, while they're away right now. But just to kind of get back into that game speed, I wouldn't be surprised if, if MLB gave him like maybe two or three weeks to, to kind of get back into, into you know, playing form. Um, like I said, it's going to be it's tough with the NBA and NHL, not only because guys are still testing positive, but we're right towards the end of the season. So, you know, you're risking either A, not having a championship played this year, which obviously I think that's last case scenario or worst case scenario. Um, but, you know, so they're kind of – put in a, in, a, in a tough spot right now too because of that so it's when do when are they going to uh resume things and then obviously if it gets too late that might affect the start of next season for both of those leagues because they do start around the same time and so there's a lot of there's a lot of like uh you know sliding glass doors or whatever the the term is where one thing's going to affect another i do think golf's going to be the first one back um because that can be played no you know no fans no problem uh you know, caddies using gloves for everything, whatever it may be. There's a lot of a lot of stuff that that can go on inside a golf match that's you know doesn't need the fans and can stay safe and sanitary and all that good stuff. We could even tell the players, hey, you're putting with the pin in the whole time. Like you don't even have to take the pin yeah, out. True. Um, so they don't even have to touch the flag unless they're going to get the ball uh, out of the hole, but. Like, what are they going to do when the NBA comes back? Like, why don't they just go to the playoffs? I think they should just have the whole league. I saw someone do, you do like, just have all 30 teams, give the top, like, eight teams uh, in the league a bye and just play, like, a two out of two, uh, best two out of three tournament Mm -hmm. um, for the earlier rounds and then work your way into the playoffs that way or something. Just have, like, full-on chaos. Like, this, this year is different. So let's have a different type of standard or a different type of rules for whatever like goes on. Because the thing is, the teams, if you just start with the playoffs in the NBA, the teams that like aren't in the playoffs are not going to be satisfied with not playing any more basketball. 
Like they're yeah. gonna have to, they're gonna want to play some games. They're gonna be like, well, this is not fair to us if you just start the playoffs. Like, we don't want to play. Not saying they were, they weren't gonna be able to compete for a title anyways, but just be like, oh, really? We have to, um, we have to play in another. Um, we're just gonna play against each other for practically nothing right now, just to f- get our checks. Like, there's gonna be something that has to happen with that. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, because like, that, that was the next uh, thing I was going to bring up, too, was, you know, how salaries are going to work out when it's all said and done. You know, you're not playing the full 82. Should players still get paid for 82? Should they only get paid for what they played? Um, so, you know, that's another thing that's going to be affected by this. And then kind of jumping back a little bit, talking about baseball, if they do start in July, Manfred says he wants to try to get in all 162. You know, that puts 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 it. Puts us around Christmas for this for the World Series, and I know it's been mentioned numerous times. I mean, we see in October when games are played in places like Chicago or or Boston or New York, it's cold as hell there. You know what I mean? So when it comes to Christmas time, those guys are it's it's going to be snow baseball. So they've talked about maybe neutral site fields, things like that. But uh, like you said, it, you know, it's different circumstances. So why not just throw anything, uh, throw everything out the window and just kind of go, you know, treat it as as the unique situation that it is. Well, Manfred needs to get off the high horse and expecting 162 games. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I I, I, I don't him. think it should. You know, because again, you end in Christmas, you end up on Christmas, and then you want these guys to start back up again in the middle of February. You know, when pitchers and catchers start reporting, I don't think so. Well, the players will just be like, again, you're going to get shorter off season sooner, like sometime, like whenever it happens. Because you're going to start up in February next year, pretty much no matter what. So the season's going longer this year. You're getting a shorter off season, anyways. If it goes into November, you're already cutting it off. I don't know, three weeks if you make the World Series, three or four mm-hmm. weeks. So if you, whoever's in the World Series, is going to have a shorter off season than what it is to begin with. And even in the regular season, you're going to have a shorter off season because the regular the regular season they're talking about ending it in mid October. So that takes us 15th, 16th, or whenever that was going to be. So they're already, you're cutting their off season back by, by, um, by two or three weeks. So the short and off season is going to happen no matter what. But, but I'm talking about a six week off season for, for pitchers. You're going to give them six weeks to rest their arms and then come back and start ramping it up again. I mean, I, so they better expand, expand rosters about 40 guys. Well, I've said they should. I was what I was going to say is they they need to expand rosters during the season, no matter what. Whenever they start playing, like they should just try and get a hundred, whatever, however many games, and play two doubleheaders a week, expanded rosters, That's right, play yeah. four, forty man rosters every single game, and uh, don't hate the idea of the seven inning doubleheader when they do play the doubleheaders. I don't hate that. Um, yeah. I don't hate that. If you want to get as many games in, play three doubleheaders a week. Two of them, all three of them are seven innings. Uh, look, I'm not opposed to that. I think that'd be something different. Um, it would short definitely people who I think would be more interested um, in the game if they were seven innings on the doubleheaders for sure. I think people would be interested in going to both of them. You sell one ticket for both. The thing is, uh, it all comes down to how much money are the owners willing to lose by changing the season up because the TV is going to want money back for whatever they're doing. And then they're going to want to shaft the players because that's what the owners always do is screw the players over. And they're going to want to prorate their salary for whatever games they've played this season. So um, 
Like I already saw what they passed the, the, the deal they reached that if there is no season, then the service time continues to happen, which really hurts a ton of teams. Um, all, all the small market teams that really kills off just a year off of service time. You don't even get anything out of it, but like, and they still get their, I think they said they still get their full salary paid for uh, March and April. And then they'll check in or they'll revisit in May, whatever the situation is. But um, I think they should look at the seven inning double headers two or three times a week to get as many games in. And then obviously 40 man rosters whenever, um, whenever the season starts, I think, or maybe 30, if, if you're playing nine inning games, one doubleheader a week. They need to do something. They need to play a doubleheader a week. They, that, if they, that's the only way they're going to get that many games in. Is they did like Saturday playing Sunday doubleheader. doubleheaders. Yeah, and then the the owners need to be like, hey, we're doing traditional doubleheaders where it's one game and then forty minutes later the next one starts, so they could just yeah. so fans can capitalize off it. Like that's the smartest thing to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that'll definitely generate some ticket revenue. Uh, you know, and you could probably get away with selling. A little bit higher price tickets because you're saying, "Hey, you know, I'm getting two. You're getting two games for for one." Uh, but no, that's that's something I actually talked about with uh, with somebody a couple of weeks ago was was double headers and how they're gonna how they could capitalize on that because I mean baseball is really the only sport that you can uh, do that in. Um, so you know, I don't know if maybe they went to like a college type schedule where they play you know just Tuesday Wednesday games. Maybe those are the double headers and then Friday. Saturday, Sunday, something, you know, something like that, where it's, it's kind of structured in that's kind of, uh, you know, that, 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 that structure. But I do think double headers absolutely have to be utilized and capitalized on in this situation. But like I said, the only way that's going to happen is if maybe you're allotted like 20 pitchers on your roster and then, you know, 15 or, or 17 position players or something like that. Otherwise guys are going to be breaking down left and right. No, you know, no questions asked. And some of these guys that are getting $300 million contracts or $250 million contracts, you want a little insurance. Yeah. You want these guys on the field, but if you can, you know, throw in a 24, 25 year old rookie or something like that to eat up some innings, you're definitely going to want to do that rather than risk losing, uh, you know, your big money guys. Yeah. And it also, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. I just don't, I still just, it's a crazy thing with that's what, they're gonna have to remake the schedule too. Like they can't, you can't play the schedule that's out now. You have yeah, to remake no, it because sure. it's gonna be so unbalanced on whenever, like your division games are. You could have had like ten division games in the first month of the season, and then mm-hmm. it's unfair to whoever, like the rest of your d- division schedule. The other thing they mentioned in baseball is that um, they're gonna try. They talked about trying fourteen teams make the playoffs. Test it yeah. out this year. They're on which. You know what? I don't think I hate this year in a, in a different look in a different season. There's 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 in a unique season. They try something unique. I don't I don't think I hate that. I think if they're going to change anything about the playoffs or how many teams make it in, you make it four per side. Go back to you know one wild card team. Well, that's not happening. You got to make it. You got to make it shorter. No way you can make extend it longer. You, they're they're not going to make it shorter because they're losing money on the wild card game. Right, I know, but that's how I'm saying. Making it 14 teams is just stupid. I don't. Now you're extending it even longer. What if you just do? You do so it would be the three division winners get a buy. Uh, and then it's a four team. You got four teams in there, and you play one uh, a winner take all, two winner like three winner take all games. You you odds them up. And then you got to win two to get in the wild card round. I don't think that's that would generate a lot of excitement. I think I think that'd be good. 
I think year. the only way they do that is if they do it kind of like how they do the World Baseball Classic, and it's neutral neutral uh, site games. Have all six teams play at, you know, play here in Arlington where it's a dome stadium, whatever, and then after you win your games here, you know, you go off to wherever your next round game is. Yeah, maybe that 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 could be it. I don't know, but I I'm not opposed to this sort of more playoffs uh, this I'm year on the in fence. general. In general, I'm not really a fan of it, but this year, and again with unique circumstances, I'm able for that. The Premier League also, they're talking about doing a World Cup type of deal where they have all the teams in one location, and they just finish out the season in a couple of spots, like um, like no fans at the games. They look at where in England. I think they said in the Midlands, which is like where Aston Villa, Birmingham City, uh, a couple of those teams are at. Birmingham City's in the league below, but they have a big enough stadium. Um, they play. They all stay there. They all they clean the hotel. Like everybody stays at the same kind of hotel things, and then they play it out behind closed doors the last nine games. That's where they're kind of talking to. So that's an option. I think I saw Jay Williams had something where like you go on a cruise ship and the NBA, I guess like. <laughs> a Western conference cruise ship and an Eastern conference cruise ship and play it out there. That first of all, I don't think those players want to be on a cruise. Hell no. Even if it's docked, like even if it's just not out to to sea, like they don't want to stay on a cruise ship. So I understand what he's saying. It's the same thing as kind of the premier league is doing is you, you go where all the hotel, you, everybody stays in the same hotel. It's the same people working. You get tested a couple times a day or you get tested, whatever, and then you can play it so you're all in the one space and you're not going out anywhere. They'll bring you to your stuff and things along those lines. I get that, but I just think this is like the crew, like the cruise ship that he said, that's not, that's not going to work. Yeah, we've seen basketball games get played on aircraft carriers, you know, in college, and those usually don't go too well. So I doubt uh, any kind of moving vessel in the water wouldn't be uh, ideal for NBA players. No, but he was just saying like they live on the cruise ship. Right? No, no, I no, I, I, I totally get it. But still, I. So wait, I, I missed it. Are they playing on the cruise ship too? I think so. Well, yeah, because they can't leave it. So they're playing it. They get a court yeah, and everything like inside or whatever, uh, and they play there. They televise it. Everything that's already there. It's like you, you're, you're everybody. It's the same thing. Like you're all in like a camp. And you don't leave the camp, and that's how you play with obviously no fans. So you're talking 200, so 15 teams per boat for 15 players. That's 225 just the players, and then staff. And you're telling me there's not going to be any fights or anything. If they do this, I need it filmed 24 seven to make it a reality show. You think guys are just going <laughs> to throw down in the cruise ship? I think I think things are going to get heated. You know, you get down to the last couple of weeks of the season, and everyone's fighting for a playoff spot or something like that. Uh, I know most playoff spots are already decided, but uh, I need I, I'm going to need 24 seven coverage on this because stuff's going to stuff's going to be getting going down. I think. I don't think the players either inter squad, inter squad, or players from other teams. No, I don't think I don't think they hate each other like they did in the 80s and 90s. But I still think there's still going to be some issues. You tell me, you get the Morris twins. You get the Morris twins on a on a cruise ship. They're not going to try and jump somebody or fight somebody. Probably not. Uh, it's nah. everybody in the NBA on the team, or like it's the Western Conference. So like, they're not going to the other teammates on the team aren't going to let them do it. I still think something crazy would happen at least a couple times. All right, I, I don't look. I don't 
there's only eight games left anyways. So like there's not that many games left that these teams have to play. So but we see we see playoff series get chippy. So they're probably gonna have to no, play playoffs. Sure. You know, yeah. some but just saying like, my, my, my carryover. Cooler heads prevail after the series. Because you get to go home to your separate spots. You don't got to see each other in the dining hall while you're eating dinner. Well, I don't think they're going to be eating in the same spot. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of uh, restaurants on the cruise where they'll be eating in different spots. That's that's uh, that's for sure. And again, I don't know why anybody after this deal would want to go on a cruise ship. I know you've gone on a couple of cruises. Just, just the one in August. And luckily... Okay. Yeah, I still was, don't uh, know why anybody after this disaster, this health, the, the coronavirus, would want to go on a cruise ship after this. I mean, that that's a germ city. Yeah, no, for yeah, absolutely. It's probably going to be a couple of years before uh, before we revisit that as well, just because no matter how much cleaning or scrubbing or whatever it may do, you know, whatever they may do, I just you're always going to have that that uh, thing in the back of your head after all this. Yeah, and I'm not a germaphobe. I'm not a big germaphobe at all, really. I'm just saying I don't. I was not a cruise guy before, and I'm definitely not going to be a cruise guy after this. All right, so the game uh, we were talking about this week, 2012 Cowboys Redskins, Week 17. It was the win, and you're in. Uh, first, I would like to say that the camera angles were definitely shoddy in this one. Between the 30s, they were shooting this game from the moon, and then when you got inside the 30s, and they were down in the in the red zone, they brought the camera down to a lower level. Uh, really, really tough on the eyes there. I don't think I can't remember the last time I've seen where the games had edges of the fields down low, and then between the thirties at the moon. That right off the bat, I was like, "Oh, this is this is definitely something weird." So I this is actually the first time I've watched this game on TV because I was there at the game. Uh, we happened to buy tickets. We had just funny. Uh, my grandma, my uncle, and I, we bought tickets when we were three and six. And so we got tickets for like 100 bucks each. We were on like the 35-yard line lower bowl. And then when we got to the game, we were asking people, you know, what they paid around us. And people were paying per ticket what we paid for all three of them. And so it was, it was definitely a hot ticket in town. So this is my first time watching it back on TV. Um, I didn't notice. I wasn't really paying attention to the to camera angles like that, I guess. Um, I was paying attention quite a bit to – the Redskins roster and some of the play calling and things like that. But the first thing that jumped out was the waiting all day for Sunday night song is absolutely the goat. Yeah. I don't think anyone disagrees with that. Cause what, what, what song is it right now? It's the Carrie Underwood song right now, right? Yeah. It's like, Oh, Sunday night or something like that. Yeah. She, Carrie Underwood sang the waiting all day for Sunday night song too. They just, changed yeah, that's saying she, yeah, she needs, she needs to go back to that. Cause that song was, that one's the goat. And secondly, they were doing the slide in the Chris Collins were sliding back in 2012. Like they've, they've been doing that. So, yeah. they, you know, they're just running it back and it still works. I, I, I thought the Chris Collins were sliding thing was maybe like two or three years old. No, he's oh. been doing that for, for eight or 10 years plus. Uh, anyway, getting to the game, um, from what I remember being there and watching it back was, was obviously pretty similar was just nail biting neck and neck. Every time it seemed like one team had a breakthrough, they take two steps back, both teams going back and forth. Um, the other thing, the one thing that really jumped out to me was, you know, looking back at that game, was how far ahead Kyle Shanahan was with his play calling. I mean, he was running RPOs with with uh, RG3 then. You know, there was quite a few times where, where RG3 is going to hand off to Alfred Morris, and he's reading the, the defensive end, 
defensive end crashes, he pulls it out, and the next thing he sees the slant coming across, and you know, it hit the guy going across the middle. So I mean, he was running RPOs back then. People just thought it was, uh, you know, play action, or they were just running the the speed option or the read option, whatever you might want to call it then. But Kyle Shanahan could have taken over the NFL back then if RG three would have, you know, pulled his head out of his butt. And if they would have kept riding with Alfred Morris, and if I think if if Daniel Snyder would have kept riding with Mike Shanahan, I mean he was he was years ahead of the league in in that regard. Well, he was also just using what his quarterback was good at, like his, he was using his strengths from college and taking that to the NFL. He didn't really care what the what the what the but norms yeah, but were. Up, right, but, he, but up to that point, those. Uh, what he was doing was considered just a college offense. And now that's what probably 30 out of 32 teams run. You know, they have some form of option or, or RPOs. Now that's the new hot term, hot button term that everyone likes to use is RPOs. And I think Kyle Shanahan was really kind of those first ones that we saw bring it in and, and do it very well. Yeah, but I'm just saying like he was, the Kyle Shanahan was a good coach because he took what he's, what his player did best and he used it in the NFL. Like he didn't care what was going on in the NFL. He's like, okay, this is how he succeeds. We'll teach him some of the stuff of the NFL, and we'll use his legs to an advantage, and we'll run that stuff. Like that's what he's Robert Griffin was comfortable running, so that's what he ran. That's what a good coach. That's what a good coach does. And now a lot, like you said, a lot more people. Like this is what these players are more comfortable with now. Uh, so they're going to do that. The Cowboys need to do this with. Dak way more, I think. They don't run enough. Uh, they don't use his legs enough. And he's sturdier than RG3. Look, RG3 also looked like he was about... It happened the next week, didn't it, against the Seahawks? But Well, it had step... happened... It, yeah, it happened previously, like two two or three weeks before uh, the initial MCL sprain against the Ravens. Haloti uh, H- H- Nato ran into him while he was going down. And caught his knee, and so that's why he was wearing the brace to start off with. He so just he was already looks, loosened up. He looks so fragile out there. Yeah, like I, and I don't want to say like, oh, I told you. So. Like I'm not saying I told you so, but like the people that were questioning like his durability coming into the draft. I, I mean, I rightfully so, I will say, because he just looked, he looked light out there. Well, he had already had a couple ACL injuries before too. It wasn't his yeah, first nice. one. Yeah. yeah. And so, it, you know, those things were already a little unsturdy to begin with. But, yeah, there, there was quite a few plays where just running, it looked like. And, and that field was terrible. You know, it, it was bad. It, it still is. Still looks like that. It's just a mud pit. Um, but, uh, so, but yeah, there's there's numerous plays where he was just running. You're like, one bad turn, and this thing could snap. And that's ended up what happening the next week against Seattle. But uh, getting back to, to, the, to this game, it was evidence that it was evident that that the Redskins were going to run the ball pretty heavily with Alfred Morris. He finished the game with 200 yards rushing. And as much as hindsight, we want to praise Tony Romo, and and rightfully so. He played. He he had a terrible game. He was not very good. No, he wasn't very good. But also, he had zero time to throw. Like two of his three interceptions were when he was under the gun. Now the first one when he missed through missed miss like threw it behind the two guys coming across the middle of the field. That was a bad throw. Obviously the one of the receiver, the, the running back late was a bad, was a bad throw, but he was, he was under pressure uh, all, all night. I got, they only had this, the, the Redskins only had two sacks, but it seemed 
and they had five quarterback hits. It seemed like Romo was every time he dropped back, he was he was on he was he was running for his life. It's he had it seemed like he had no time to throw. At least watch. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like he had he had nothing back there. Yeah, you know, uh, after um, you know, we mentioned earlier about the this this nice little run that the Cowboys offensive line had. You know, the the thing always was was you know, oh well, Tony Romo never played behind a line like this. You know, he had Tyron Smith who was pretty good and Doug Free who was pretty good. But other than that, you know, uh, they, I don't they, know if Doug Free was very good. I think he was pretty good. Ugh, I don't think so. I remember Doug Free was a meme. He was getting meme because he was always the first guy to help Romo up. After well, later, later, yeah, like that, right before they made this turn for you know, right before 2015 when they made the 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 Zach Martin pick and started putting some guys together. Yeah, I would agree there. But I still think Doug Free wasn't wasn't terrible. I still think he was you know pretty good. Uh, well, right tackle. So you know, I guess we could we could disagree there. You know, I don't want to get hung up, but. but uh, uh, the the other matchup that I that I kind of marked was was the Des Bryant D'Angelo Hall matchup uh, because both of those guys loved to run their mouth and neither of them really showed up. Uh, D'Angelo Hall had a couple deflections that were the cause of wide receivers slipping and falling, and of course he jumps up right away and starts waving his hands incomplete, incomplete like he had anything to do with it. Uh, but that was just one of those typical Cowboy Redskin matchups where. Neither guy could really do anything in Dez or D'Angelo Hall, but they were probably talking the most out of anybody on that field. Yeah, and the only play, so Dez had seven targets, or eight targets in the game. He caught four of them for 71 yards. Uh, the only play that seemed to work for the Cowboys in the game, the passing plays seemed to work, was the Dez Bryant back shoulder fade, Jason Witten over the middle, and then there was one uh, deep in route that they ran to Dez, but Pretty much the back shoulder fade and Witten over the middle were like the only passing plays for the Cowboys that had really anything going on. Uh, because the, the one touchdown was to Witten. It was kind of a vintage Romo play when he was scrambling and then finds Witten in the middle. Second touchdown Romo threw was the back shoulder to Kevin Ogletree, but still was the back shoulder fade. And then the two-point conversion was the back shoulder fade. Uh as well look i thought the first half was pretty boring to watch uh yeah and i remember it being that way like i said when i was there it was just like you know it was just run the ball run the ball run the ball they went in at at the half tied you really didn't know what was going to go what was going on uh you know coming out of the second half i will say the first half so going to the game just kind of you know peek behind the curtain going to the game the whole time we're like look the redskins don't win this game they like they they just in the history of of the franchise since daniel snyder took over they just don't win games like this uh i was like so i just hope we don't get embarrassed and then first play out they got to call a timeout because rg3's helmet isn't working and uh i don't know if you caught it but there was kind of a funny kind of funny moment with chris collinsworth after that timeout where it's it's obvious rg3's uh headset just wasn't working in his helmet so he goes over and switches his helmet, gets a new one. But Chris Collinsworth goes, oh, big moment here. You know, first play of a win and you're in the playoff game. And Kyle Shanahan just can't seem to get the play in. When it's like, clearly there was a technical difficulty there. So I don't know if they were trying to play that narrative of, oh, this young guy, you know, he's coaching here for his dad, blah, blah, blah. But it was just kind of funny that he, he said that when it was like, it was very, very obvious that there was just some technical difficulties. But I remember being at the stadium, you didn't realize that. Um, you just thought that they kind of what Chris Collinsworth said, and you're like, seriously, first play out, we got to call a timeout already. Uh, so it was just kind of one of those feelings like, oh, here we go again. 
And then uh, the first drive wasn't anything spectacular, wasn't anything, you know, crazy. And then it looked like the Cowboys were going to drive on us. So it was just kind of one of those, oh, here we go feelings. And then obviously it ended up working out uh, in our favor. But uh, that was just one of those funny things that kind of jogged a, a few memories uh, for me there. Yeah, I don't get how the, like watching it, how the Cowboys really even got it to three points. Uh, how they got it down to a field goal at the game. Because it seemed like the Redskins were just... Obviously, Morris to 200 yards, but they were running all over the Cowboys' defense. The Cowboys' defense, when it was, was when it was in the air, couldn't really stop them. I don't get how the game was really this close watching it again. It seemed like the Redskins just dominated every phase of the game. Oh, I mean, it was still a 10-point game. You know, I wouldn't say that that was super – it wasn't super close, but it was closer. Well, yeah, I, scored, I guess I the, last, the last touchdown they scored was a minute left when London Flet- – when uh, Jason Hatcher had a – 15-yard face mask penalty. Yeah. Or a, a, it was a roughing the passer. So Roughing the passer, yeah. It was, it was pretty that pretty much end of the game. So it was pretty much a three-point game uh, when it was this – yeah, because then it was the two-minute warning, and then the game was pretty much over then. After yeah, the, no, I mean, you're, you're, so. you're kind of speaking to what I was mentioning earlier when I was saying, you know, the Redskins just don't win these games. Obviously, up to that point, uh, uh, Tony Romo had uh, two interceptions, and it was like we still can't – we still can't seem to punch the ball in, you know, we, uh, Alfred Morris is running all over guys. Um, RG three kind of struggled with the passing game. Guys were going down left and right for the Cowboys. Miles Austin went out, which blast from the past. Totally forgot about him. Uh, Miles Austin, he goes down with, I think it was a knee. Dez is having trouble with his back. Like guys are just going out left and right. Um, for Dwayne uh, Harris got a lot of run. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, and that might have been, you know, one of the reasons why uh, the Cowboys ended up coming up short. But uh, I say, I mean, that that whole season, that seven-game win streak, there was a couple dominant wins for the Redskins. But a lot of those, too, if you go back and look, they eked out wins kind of like they did here. Yeah, and that was just – look, it was – I mean, I thought the whole – yeah, they looked like they – they 10-point uh, win, but again, like I said, closer – uh, and again, the Cowboys just, that just was another notch in the feather of Romo, not one of the big one. And yeah, he was not great, but the whole team together really didn't play great. What did you think of, uh, Jason Garrett rocking the flat bill? Yeah, that was a wild scene. Uh, that was funny. It was one of the first things I, I kind of said to myself when I was watching, I was like, Jason Garrett in a, in a flat, you know, in the flat, flat brim hat, that was, a a wild scene, but, uh, you know, he was younger, a little bit cooler than he is now. You know, maybe he was just trying to trying to swag out a little bit. And also enjoyed that in the, I think it was fourth quarter around the eight-minute mark. Oh, first of all, not a penalty until the 8.59 mark in the fourth quarter. So clean yeah. game. Um, and then uh, I think it was in the fourth quarter as well, early on in the fourth quarter. Garrett, they had it. They were down 10. Uh Fourth and eight, punting at his own thirty-five. So good, to see, good to see that he he uh, didn't change much. He, he did not change. He went down going with those uh, strong morals and beliefs that he has on the football field. You know that's funny. That's something that I uh, noticed as well. And then at the end of the first half, too, uh, at the, he punted when it would have been a long field goal, but he punted as he punted away again. And uh, Collinsworth and Al Michaels were making the excuse for him, like, "Oh, well, you know, he figure he gets the ball at at half." time you know at the, at the beginning of the, of the second half so maybe he just was does want to take a chance here but you know like, like i said it probably would have been like a 50 55 yard field goal but instead punts it and the redskins get the ball back like eight seconds so they just run one play and, and go to the locker room but uh it's funny that you mentioned that because that, 
that was another thing is like, wow, he, you know, Tiger doesn't change its stripes, you know, kind of be a little uh, topical there with Tiger King, but uh, Jason Garrett really stuck to his guns and his morals and didn't change, you know, from, from 2012 to now. And Rex Ryan still looking as clueless as ever on the sideline. Ugh. It hurts because he was over on uh, our sideline last year. Really just last year? Yeah, he was a linebackers coach. Oh, well, he wasn't. He was a defensive coordinator here. He was, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, no, that was a good one to uh, rewire. There's a look. There's a lot in the Cowboys week 17 that they lost down the stretch. I don't think we're going to go into all 44 to six. That one definitely against the Eagles. That one looks at it next week. I was thinking we could watch uh, since uh, keep on the kind of Cowboys themed. We can go with the. Uh, Probably Dak Prescott's finest moment in college, number three Mississippi State number against number two Auburn. Um, that game's 2014. Or one of them, it is the – this one also uh, from a listener of the show was a recommendation. One of the probably greatest playoff games of all time. It, was the, it is the Miami Dolphins versus the San Diego Chargers. January 2nd, divisional round, 1982, overtime thriller, uh, if we want to do that one. Uh, you know, I might pass on the 1982 football and go with something uh, a little more recent. Okay, well, how about this? I think we should watch the 1982 game. It's All a right. classic. It is an so, all-time class overtime. So it's the one it what, you know one-to-one vote. So I guess the only logical option is we got to go with the third option. What is your what? I don't have a third option. What is the reasoning behind the nineteen eighty two? You don't want to watch a low scoring game. Yeah, I just have zero zero desire to watch a football game from nineteen eighty two. Just running the power eye twenty twenty five times. Just you know, as as much as I love football, as much as a football guy as I am, that just does not sound like something that I want to sit through. You know, the game was thirty four to thirty four in the third quarter. I mean, that's fantastic. I mean, what? How many passing touchdowns do the quarterbacks have? Uh, a decent amount. It was one of Kellen Winslow's finest moments uh, in the game. Hold on, let me pull up the let me pull up the box score. It was oh, hold on, this is a different one. Hold on. Um, let me. There we go. Hold on. Yeah, well, passing touchdowns. Let me pull it up. It was okay. They went pro football reference here. Wanted. Oh, I had to click the different previous game for them. Uh, all right, come on, load. Things are uh, working. Look, I got like four tabs open right now. Yeah. Things are... And so I will. I will make a little recommendation. If we're gonna do a, an '80s football game, I might be a little more partial to the 1988 Super Bowl. That was the Redskins one. Uh, that, oh, you know what? Now, now that you mention it, it was the Redskins one. I didn't even realize that. There were seven passing touchdowns. All right. So then. I'm telling you, this game is a classic. A huge comeback, major point swings in overtime, come down to the wire. Look, if we're going to, we can't just keep watching recent games. We got to go back to the old, old school and review some old school ones. And this one is 41 to 38. 
All right, fine. I'll give it this a shot. A, this is a good one. This is a good one. Look, we did, neither of us. It's the Chargers versus the Dolphins. No, no dog in the fight. No rooting interest. Yeah. No rooting interest. I think this is a good one. It's on YouTube. We'll tweet it out. I think this is a this is a good one to uh, a good one to a good one to watch. All right, all right. I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a I'll shot. Give it a shot. The total in the game was forty three. That's. I mean, that seems about right for them. I guess that, that's about what totals are nowadays still, too. So it's they not are. a huge change. The total was 43, and they, the thing hit in the first half. All uh, right. All right, we'll give so, it a shot. All right, we'll give it a shot. That will be on uh, next week. That is Chargers, Dolphins uh, at the Orange Bowl, divisional round uh, 1982. We will do that. Also in the playoffs, that divisional round. Dallas beat Tampa 38-0. Cincinnati beat Buffalo 28-21. The Niners beat the Giants 38-24. Uh, this is just the peak of scoring in the NFL, huh? Yeah, and then, oh, that same year, I think, was the Dwight Clark catch. Because Where young Chris Berman was on the sidelines. I know, the next week, the Niners... Uh, it was the Dwight Clark catch because the Cowboys lost to the uh, 49ers in the championship game that next week. Uh, so, yeah. All right. So do you have anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it for me. I do have, I don't know, maybe we'll send these out on Twitter if you want. We'll talk about it posts. Uh, I do have a couple pictures from like uh, from that, that Redskins-Cowboys game. Nothing crazy. Uh, there was a picture of me holding a sign. Uh, the Redskins arrow through the Cowboys star. It's a staple. We take it every time to the Redskins-Cowboys games, and Bleacher Report actually used it as their cover photo for one of their uh, articles in 2013. So I thought that was kind of oh, cool. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, I don't know if um, you want to tweet those out. Yeah, we do that. And uh, also, uh, before we go, Instagram, the stories are an abomination. Oh, my God. It is worse than Mother's Day, worse than Father's Day. Worse than Valentine's Day. I mean, it is an absolute disaster out there right now yeah. in the store. It it's it's tough. Terrible. It's tough scrolling right now. And two, uh, I won't I won't mention any names. Not that he or she may be listening, but the birthday crowd that can't celebrate their birthday because it's quarantine. Boy, is that brutal as well. Just mine's every mine's, mine's Saturday. Yeah. Oh, your birthday Saturday. Yeah. Okay, so make sure that anybody that posts a story, you add it to your story showing how much people like you. Oh, it is terrible. I've had that so much. I've had that a ton. Uh, the push-up challenges. The what? The, the push-up push challenge. challenges is terrible. The the all the the push-up challenges, the shot for a shot. I don't care yep. what you're doing. Look, everyone's drinking. No one who cares. Okay, I'm not posting it. The, Stanley, the who one, cares? That the another one that's like, oh, what are you watching or like scrolling through? You know what I'm the uh, the the pick your favorites on this one or like yeah. all those template all the template ones, disaster. Yeah, I got I got a challenge to a, a see a pup post a pup. Just ignored it completely. It <laughs> just did yeah, not the do... dog ones. Look, yeah, I don't want to sound mean. Everyone's dog's cute. Everyone's dog's up there. You put it's not like you're changing your dog out here. Yeah, it's yeah, like, like it's, you put your like dog said, before coronavirus all the time. Yeah. You're just going to another excuse to put it on now. Yeah, that, that one's tough. And then uh, what's really gotten me is people 
and I don't know how this is still a thing, but people looking for suggestions on stuff to watch on Netflix, like literally Netflix suggestings for you, or they have a top 10 page. So you see what everyone else is watching. Yeah. Look, I, I'm not, I can, like, I'm not going to crucify you if you want some people's opinions on that. Okay. I can see that. I'm not, I know it seems crazy that you don't know what to watch on Netflix, but maybe someone's got a show that's like off the mark that you don't know about or something. And they, give you a recommendation. I'm not, I'm not going to crucify you over that. Did you, uh, did you tune in the, the Tiger King? No, I didn't. I already see, I saw everything on Twitter. Yeah, you, you have. See, Jamie and I were in on it early. We we're on it. Like I'm going to be, it's not like a hipster. We were, we were watching it before it was cool. Not really. We were watching it like right before it popped. And so we were in on it early and now everyone's kind of watching it, seeing it, you know, like a week later. Or whatever it is, it's just it's kind of funny that everyone, uh, you know, like the you know the, the internet's so bandwagony, and it's just funny the 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 contrast of people that watched it to begin with, and then the people that watched it once it was like the big thing to watch. Does that make sense? Well, it's yeah, it does, but it's also the bandwagon thing. Like the bandwagon's even bigger now because no one's got anything to do. Oh yeah, for sure. So like that thing's full steam ahead, so everyone's gonna jump on that. But no, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't watch it. I didn't. It's not saying I don't want to watch it. I'm just. I've you seen know what happens things. already. Yeah, yeah I kind of know. I, I know what happens. Everyone's tweeting about it. So why do I need to? Why do we need to go and watch it? I will say, look, if you're looking for some sports, uh, Netflix is Formula One behind the scenes. I mentioned that last year. Mm-hmm. Good show. You could watch that. Okay. Amazon Prime's got a lot of, like, they're all or nothing. The hard knocks thing. Yeah. They had one on the Brazilian soccer team at the Copa America Championship last year in Brazil. I just finished that one. Thought it was very good. You're going to need the subtitles for it, though. And then I just started the uh, All or Nothing on the Australian cricket team. Pretty good so far. And you get some sports, like a little different. If you're looking for the sports fix, those are a couple of good, couple of good things to watch. Those are both on Prime. The Formula One's on Netflix, but look, if you're looking for something, I think those are, anytime you give me something that's behind the scenes on the sports world, I'm going to, of a team setting, I'm going to watch. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's always cool to kind of peek behind the curtain. Um, did you tune in to any of the 20 game, twenty strikeout games on ESPN on Saturday? I did not. I have not tuned in to ESPN, and this is not like a humble brag or anything. I have not, so I only, I only stream now. Yeah. Um. I have not tuned into ESPN since Gobert got tested, since he tested positive. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I have a few times, but that's that's that was obviously you know the start of all this. Um, that was probably that's probably been how long it's been that I've tuned in and really sat there and watched ESPN I, for an extended amount of time. I did watch uh, the morning of free agents, NFL free agency. I did turn it on a couple times for that. Mm. Um, but no, I haven't watched. I've been. I watched uh, some of the old college basketball games that CBS had um, on this weekend. They had the NC State um, Houston game on. Uh, I think that was it. Yeah, but that was good. Um, I've watched a couple of that. I haven't really watched a lot of. If there's a game, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna go pick out to see it. I guess it's you're gonna have to like go. If you're gonna, I see tonight they're so they're running a bunch of Monday Night Football games coming up. I did see this tonight they're running uh, Chiefs Rams from two years ago when it was 53-51. Oh, yeah. uh, and then Tuesday night they're running 
like a baseball game, I think. Wednesday's an NBA. Thursday, this Thursday on ESPN, they're doing a Texas-USC national championship game. Um, and then Friday, they're doing, I don't know what they're doing, but that's on Thursday, Texas-USC. Uh, so I might tune into that, but I haven't really, I haven't watched a lot of the sports channels, I guess. It's been a lot of, a lot of Call of Duty, a lot of Call of Duty, a lot of, I've been watching the news a bunch, and then uh, Netflix and Amazon Prime and the streaming services in between. Yeah, no, same. Uh, Jamie and I binged uh, Ozark. That's one of our, our shows that we like to watch. Knocked out all 10 episodes this weekend. Um, so we waited a year and finished it up in about a weekend. So that kind of seemed like it was done. We probably should have rationed it out a little bit more, but you yeah. know, what are you going to do? Uh, but yeah, I've just been watching a ton of... Uh, just like yeah, Netflix type stuff, you know, rewatching Always Sunny. They put Workaholics back on Hulu, so that's kind of just like some mindless TV to watch. Um, but uh, I've been watching the Barstool documentary. Have you been watching that at all? I have not. It's actually pretty funny. I've uh, so I've been watching it. some of that, and then obviously so much Madden, like so much Madden. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, that's probably going to do it for this episode, the show. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. If you stuck with us for uh, this long, which hopefully you did because you had, <laughs> not, you had nothing going on. You have nothing going on. Put it on no, in the that's background. The, that's the other thing, too. Uh, I know we're about to wrap it up, but the you don't have anything better to do, so why not watch this content on the Internet is is it's killing me. It's literally killing me. Like, not all content is good content right now, all right? Just because you put it out there and I don't have anything to do doesn't mean I have to watch it and enjoy it because it's probably pretty bad. Yeah, but there is really nothing else to do. Right, but the thought process of, I'm going to put this on, I think there's a ton more episodes going on, uh, or excuse me, not episodes, a ton more videos and things of, of that nature going on on the internet that wouldn't be normally, just For because, sure. again, nobody has anything to do. But everyone's like, oh, this is going to be the golden age of content creation. People are going to be thinking. People are going to be trying super hard. No, people are just going to be throwing whatever they want on there just – with the expectation of people are going to watch this because they ain't doing anything else. Which, while you're not some wrong, stu- some of the stuff you're not wrong, wrong. they're not wrong. Right. But it's just like, let's just still have a little bit of a sense here, people. All right. No, I get where you're coming out. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week here on the short thing. <laughs>